following is a live broadcast of a Lone Star community radio program. Recorded and broadcasted live on IRLoneStar.com, Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and Facebook.com slash IRLoneStar. For more information on this show, please visit our show page at IRLoneStar.com slash shows. To sponsor or donate to this program, visit our donate page at IRLoneStar.com slash donate, or email us at lscrstudios at gmail.com, or give us a call at 936-666-1084. Lone Star Community Radio production and broadcast is possible by folks like you. So sponsor and donate today. You are listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZWLP Conroe and 106.1 KZCCLP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Good afternoon and welcome to The Legal Connection with Tony and Cheryl. Tony Lynn Collins and Cheryl Ellsworth Jahani. We are two Texas licensed attorneys and we are here on 106.5, 106.1 and 104.5, I'm sorry, uh, IR Lone Star uh, every Tuesday from 12 to 1 p.m. And you can watch us live on Facebook and you can watch us later on Facebook if you want to. And also there's a podcast that you can download tomorrow with Google Play and iTunes. And we've got a really good show for you today. Today we're talking about elections because it's election day, November 3rd. Get out there and vote. We want to uh, encourage you to do that. I voted and I know Tony has. And uh, we want to encourage you to do that. And we've got some interesting topics. So first of all, Tony, we're going to tell them where they can go vote and and to get out yeah. and do it, right? Okay, to get out and go vote, right. Uh-huh. Okay, so where can our listeners in Montgomery County go vote? Well, I'm going to say real quick what our topics are going to be today. We're going to talk about where you can vote and kind of, you know, our very brief experience that we have with voting here in Montgomery County. Uh, then we're going to talk about the... Uh, when a candidate dies and they're still on the ballot. And that's like what in, happened here here in, in Conroe when mm-hmm. Mayor uh, Powell died um, uh, on September 12th. Uh, he, his name remains on the ballot, which surprised me. Even as an me attorney, too. I didn't right. know why uh, a person that was that was obviously ineligible, unless he you know, uh, can figure out a way that he could somehow govern with <laughs> from the grave, uh, he would, shouldn't be on the ballot. But mm-hmm. um, according to our Texas statute, which we'll discuss a little bit, it's, it's appropriate that he's on the ballot. Mm-hmm. And the last thing we're going to talk about is something that's been in the news um, quite a bit within the last couple of days, and that's um, the drive-through voting federal suit and who brought it and what the the result has in the interim, but the temporary result is before the final result. And so we're going to give you all a little bit of the law. So you're talking about the 127,000 votes that were cast over in Harris County. Right, the drive-through uh, voting stations. There was a federal suit that was filed by a number of people mm-hmm. uh, contesting its validity under the United States and Texas election uh, uh rules and provisions and, and law okay and so we're going to get a, little, get a little bit into the law and what their different arguments are and where it stands right now okay so where can they go vote okay what we didn't know and I, I, at least i didn't know this is that um to that you uh, on election day you can only vote where you are 
designated to vote under your voter's registration. And I knew that from the, um, the, the earlier voting and from the preliminary voting. Um, but I just thought it was different on a big election day. I thought that you could still, all the polling places would be open, but they're not. And so um, election day polling locations in Conroe, Montgomery County, and, and probably any county that you're in, depending on where you're listening, um, you can find them um, with your, your uh, with the Texas Secretary of State. Um, here we have a link on our website that it's, uh, uh, where you can toggle it if you want to see, but more than likely, if you've registered to vote, uh, you'll know where you vote. Let's say you don't know where you need to vote. I right. didn't know where my preliminary voting was because it had changed. Mm-hmm. You just you can go into the link that we sent uh, that'll be on our website, and it's with the um, Secretary of State, I believe. But it's a link, and if you t- toggle onto it, you can just put your address, and it tells you where your polling location is. Great. The polling locations are open seven to seven today. Mm-hmm. Everybody should vote, and um, also on the, on our website, the link shows you the actual address where all the the voting locations are, and what surprised me was that the um the allsworth building is not a permanent location because i went by this morning and i'm like oh my gosh there's nobody in line the one on phillips yeah Street? Mm-hmm. yeah and that one that one had lines and lines at first then there was nobody in line because mm-hmm. i do a go drive by there every day at mm-hmm. seven and, and about six o'clock at night so i did see mm-hmm. and um and then there was nobody day and that kind of scared me so you said you voted today what was your experience it was great it took me 20 minutes um from my house to, to vote and then come back 25 minutes, maybe. And um, it was kind of interesting, though. They split us up into groups. It was A through L and M through Z. Mm-hmm. And so the M through Z line was very long, and only four of their booths were working. Oh, The mm-hmm. A through L line went super fast because all 12 booths were working. Oh, okay. So, yeah. And my daughter, she voted today for the very first time in her whole life. My daughter, Hattie. Oh, wow. So she's, Hopefully she's proud young. of that. She, she, she's young. She's 23. She's 45. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know. You couldn't have a daughter 45 unless you had her one. Um, <laughs> the, um, so did they have all the COVID uh, uh, people ha- and- No, no. But, you know, they had some screens up that were clear and you could see through. I mean, you know, you voted. They didn't have any masks. Mm-hmm. They, People were trying to social distance, but... You know, I mean, you do have to scoot by people. A lot of people had on masks. Some didn't. Okay, really? Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Brooke said that she actually drove all the way up to Austin today. Because, Good for her. Uh, you know, she's here during COVID, but that's where she's registered to vote. Mm-hmm. And um, she said that they had Austin is very sensitive to COVID, mm-hmm. that they had gloves, uh, you know, and, you know, uh, uh, pro- I guess, prophylactic uh, hand coverings and that they gave her an option between gloves or a tootsie, a lollipop, not tootsie pop stick. Oh, and, to not touch things. Yeah, to not touch the, oh, the voting. Oh, see, we touched the ballot. The, yeah. The and she said booths. that they um, they had social distancing and people were monitoring it mm-hmm. and everyone had to wear masks and that um, that they had a they print out, there was a scan and a printout. It was, it was much more complex than when I voted. My early mm-hmm. voting was pretty much no social distancing. People didn't have masks on, but it, no, they weren't really, it was not, a, I don't think it was a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember when they had this little festival over here, almost no one was wearing masks. Mm-hmm. But, but um, you know, I'm, I'm of the mind that I think that we're all going to get this virus. You know, everybody's got a difference of opinion, but I think we're all going to get the virus. Some people are going to weather it better than others. And if you can uh, keep the timing spaced out, then you don't have a as bad of a pandemic as you would, we'll be able to handle it. So um, I uh, am just hoping that the whole virus thing goes away soon. It looked, According to the traffic, I think that 
it's being addressed as though it's going away soon. Right. Because we have a lot of five o'clock traffic. Mm-hmm. We sure do. We sure do. Okay, well, so do we want to take a quick yeah. break? And when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, the mayor mm-hmm. and him being on the ballot, even though he passed away in mm-hmm. the end of September. Election, right. So mm-hmm. we'll take a quick break and we will be right back. Listen in Mondays at noon to hear Conroe news from local nonprofits, businesses, upcoming events, Conroe Park events, news stories, and information that matters to you with your host, Margie Taylor of Taylorized PR. For more information about being a guest, visit IRLoneStar.com slash Conroe Culture. Does volunteering at a nonprofit horse sanctuary sound wonderful? Or are you a veteran or a veteran spouse and think trying a peer group session through a local Horses and Heroes equine program might be worth trying? Henry's Home Horse and Human Sanctuary, located in Grand Central Park by appointment only, is home to a growing number of rescued and donated horses. Visit our website at henryshomehorsesanctuary.org or check out our Facebook at Henry's Home Horse and Human Sanctuary for more information. Lone Star Community Radio is looking for those who are interested in hosting their own talk show. With monthly and weekly slots available on Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and on IRLoneStar.com. Start your own podcast, create your first YouTube channel, and be on TV. Contact Lone Star Community Radio online at IRLoneStar.com or call the message line at 936 936- Six four seven three seven seven six to take your first step into the radio world. Does your company have needs that can be met by an employee who is dependable, hardworking, enthusiastic, motivated, cooperative, respectful, and punctual? Conroe Independent School District at Special Education Department can meet your needs by connecting you with potential employees that have been preparing for a lifetime of employment. We have numerous individuals seeking paid and unpaid work experiences. If your company is interested in seeing how we can meet your business needs, call Conroe ISD Special Education Department to find the best employees for you at 936-709-7671. Good afternoon. Welcome back to The Legal Connection with Tony and Cheryl. We are talking about voting today. And, you know, it's interesting, Tony, our next segment is going to be about the mayor race in Conroe. And um, as our we you talked about in the last section, the um, the mayor passed away. I believe it was September the September 12th, 12th. Mm-hmm. He passed away and he's still on the ballot. So which could happen anywhere. This mm-hmm. so happened. This was the mayor's election. And you go by the state statute and. I really didn't know what it was. I've never had any experience in any election where uh, the candidate had uh, died while after the application was in and he was on the ballot. Well, this is the first time in Conroe it's ever happened. Okay. So, so now tell us how. What's the law on that? Why can this man, the previous mayor that's passed away, still be on the ballot? Okay. So um, on. Uh, uh, Mayor Powell, which was very beloved. I mean, I loved Mayor Powell, and I don't even live in the city limits of Conroe. But mm-hmm. but uh, what he stood for and his you know dedication to the city, um, and of course we're in the extraterrestrial jurisdiction area. But the, what he didn't want to annex. Uh, uh, he, he 
his mandate was, I am not going to annex uh, all of the little subdivisions into the city uh, unless they, they want to. And I thought that was beautiful because people should have the right to to vote or make a decision whether or not they want to be a part of the city or and, and have all of the, you know, the extra taxation, but all the benefits that come along with that mm-hmm. because now you've got the, uh, I guess, the economies of scale because they're going to do your garbage and all that stuff, or stay out of the city uh, and, and maintain um, your, uh, I guess, autonomy as a separate entity that doesn't have the same rules, only mm-hmm. county rules would right. apply. And um, uh, so I like that about him. He was giving people more uh, uh, more of a choice. And um, so I was really sad when he died. He died September 12th, was what, which was um, as a, actually a surprise from what I understand because I don't think he would have put himself on the ballot for election if he thought that he was going to pass so soon. But um, he died on September 12th, mm-hmm. and that's 52 days before the election. Mm-hmm. And that's important as to the state law because the law provides that um, – and everything I'm talking about can be found, uh, I've given a link on our site, but it's the Texas Election Code, Section 145. And that section deals with withdrawn, deceased, or ineligible candidates uh, named on a ballot. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, Section 145, and I'm just going to go to the one that's really got the meat in it, 145.035 uh, says that a candidate's name shall be omitted from the ballot if the candidate withdraws, dies, are as declared ineligible on or before the 74th day before the election. But, so it's 74 days. Right. So, but Mayor Powell died 52 days before the election. Mm-hmm. So he's not a part of this part of the election code. So then you go to uh, Section 145.039, and that one kind of uh, uh, like piggybacks onto that one. If a candidate dies or is declared ineligible after the 74th day, the candidate's name shall be placed on the ballot. Okay, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so the first one says if it's before the 74th day, automatically off after the 74th day, which would have been he would have had to have died sometime in maybe August or July. Mm -hmm. Um, Then uh, and like in the situation we're in right now, then you have to do something else to get him off the ballot. Mm -hmm. And what I didn't understand um, that, um, I guess, uh, probable, I'm going to say probable potential Mayor Jody, um, I believed that he would. Uh, have filed suit to get uh, Mayor Powell's name off the ballot because his wife's an attorney. And so I thought, well, that would be, you know, the, the first thing I would have done if I was... Right. Uh, if I want, if I, my name was on there, I'm going to fight like I fight everything else. And 52 days is 52 days. I mean, you file appeals sometimes in 10 days, three mm-hmm. days. So mm-hmm. um, this would be that kind of thing. But, um, and you're going to talk a little bit about, uh, you're giving us some quotes from, from the, the different angles later. Right. But but the, the way the election code works is the procedure for omitting a deceased candidate's name um, is in on in section 145.002. So we have to go all the way back to the beginning of this, this statute. And that one reads, except as provided by subsection B, which is something we'll get to, if a candidate's name is to be omitted from the ballot under this code because the candidate has died, the authority responsible for having the official ballot prepared shall omit the candidate's name from the ballot on receipt of reliable information of the death. And apparently the authority responsible for having the official ballot prepared didn't submit anything. Right. And I suppose that that would be, if I'm breaking down that sentence, that would have had to have been um, next of kin or the person that's administering his estate. or Maybe, maybe his wife. Uh, maybe his wife, wife or, or the party that, uh, I don't know what the political parties are in Conroe. I think my understanding is Conroe is like 90% Republican. Mm-hmm. So it may be that 
that every it could be that that mayor a potential mayor jody is is independent i'm not really sure i just in my mind he's already the mayor because he was the only other candidate on the ballot mm-hmm. um, it says if the deceased candidate's name has been certified by the secretary of state for placement on the ballot which mayor house was the um, candidate's name may not be omitted from the ballot without authorization from the secretary of state mm-hmm. and then um the code goes on to tell you how you get authorization from the secretary of state and i don't see that um uh, that that none of that was ever done. Mm-hmm. Um, so you think that um, Mr. Schakowsky, uh, I agree, soon to be mayor uh-huh. of of Conroe. Mm-hmm. Do you think that he just didn't uh, a petition the Secretary of State to remove? He must have had um, so much confidence that he w- had all the votes that he needed that he wasn't concerned about it. Okay. Because I don't see a lot of pollsters with little picket signs outside by the voting location saying, um, you know. Uh, uh, well, I guess I did see a bunch of vote for Mayor Powell's. There were quite a few of them, but I didn't see the opposite. Um, vote for Jody, the only man standing. <laughs> that right. Uh, Section 145.05 says effective votes cast for deceased, withdrawn, or ineligible candidate. So let's say that since Mount Mayor Powell is still on the ballot, what happens? If the name of a deceased, withdrawn, or ineligible candidate appears on the ballot under this chapter, the votes cast for the candidate shall be counted and entered on the official election returns in the same manner as for the other candidates. And um, if the deceased withdrawn or ineligible candidate receives the vote required for election, the resulting vacancy shall be filled in the regular manner. If the deceased withdrawn or ineligible candidate and another candidate tie for the most votes in an election, in which a plurality vote is sufficient for election, which is the same as in Conroe, the other candidate is considered to be elected. Okay, so if they tie, Jody would win. Right. Um, if more than one other candidate is tied with the deceased, withdrawn or ineligible candidate, the winner of the election shall be determined by resolving the tie between the other candidates in the regular manner. Okay. Okay. Um, in a race in which the runoff is required, um, uh, if the deceased, withdrawn or ineligible candidate received the votes that would entitle the candidate to be placed on the runoff election ballot are tied for the number of votes. The candidates in the runoff shall be determined in the regular manner. And the bottom line is, if Powell, if uh, deceased uh, Mayor Powell wins, then they will hold a special election, and you'll have new applications submitted for uh, the, the different candidates. candidates. So um, I think that may I I, I can't guess why it, it played out like it did. I think mm-hmm. that again, I would probably would have fought if I was. Um, a potential uh, a probable mayor Chikowski, I probably mm-hmm. would have been an attorney. I would Gotten have filed something to get him off that sooner. Gotten so what off. do you know about it? What is, what is everyone saying? Uh, well, um, I, I think you might be right. Maybe it was his wife that didn't um, didn't take him off the ballot or petition mayor, the secretary. Mm-hmm. His wife's name is Vanessa. Mm-hmm. He died September 12th, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, she said that his dying wish to her, he told her his dying wish was that he would continue his campaign. Mm-hmm. Sounds okay. like Ruth Bader Ginsburg. <laughs> Hoping for victory that would force a special election. So they, he want, Mayor Powell wanted the special well, election. Well, I think it was, a, it was a, they, I mean, they were pretty much duking it out, as I recall. You know, I think mm-hmm. there was something about the high school over here off of, uh, uh, I forgot, it was in a, 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 a tract of land. An abandoned building. It was a large building that was used for a high school for many years. Um, it was going to be turned into a convention center or something, and both of them were taking credit for it. And they were duking it out to the last minute. I'm mm-hmm. certain that Mayor Powell mm-hmm. did not know as you know, God away. was going to take him. Right. So, um, but it turned into uh, now a, I guess you could say a political fight. But I'm guessing that um, 
the probable Mayor Tchaikovsky must have been pretty confident about his. Um, I, I think so. He says that, you know, his posi- he has no position on the special election, but plans for victory. Mm-hmm. His focus hasn't changed. He said uh, that it has been influenced by COVID, obviously. Mm-hmm. He said it's his desire and commitment to make Conroe the best place to live, work, and raise a family. Mm-hmm. Um, Vanessa, uh, Mayor Powell's wife, said she was surprised by an effort of the week of Powell's death by Councilman Raymond McDonald and Seth Gibson to have Gibson appointed to fill Powell's term through the election. That's mm-hmm. interesting. But and he's not running again. That is very surprising because mm-hmm. maybe it was his, he was bipartisan. Um, who did uh, fill? Is he is he the interim mayor right now? Well, it's it's yeah. Gibson was appointed. Okay. It uh, looks like his term is limited and not on the November third ballot, according okay. to Secretary Soko. Gorgian, Gibson okay. and McDonald requested the item to be placed on the council's September 23rd agenda. There was a little bit of backlash, and the item was removed. So to answer your question, I don't think he was appointed. Well, I know that Jody is a councilman right now, uh-huh. uh, unless, and I don't know if he withdrew from his council position in order to run. He may have. But um, I do know that I really liked that he uh, had been uh, doing a lot of development in the Conroe area and put some uh, satellite offices for colleges down here. And, and I really, I was reading all about that beautiful fountain and memorial, the Montgomery County uh, Veterans Memorial that's on uh, 45. Mm-hmm. It is so beautiful. I was reading all about it and how they got it together and how it's going to be built up more and they're going to have columns. And it's just going to be so, uh, a sight, beautiful sight to see when, they're, when they finally finish it. And I love it right now. So I think in either, in either, way, either way, the direction that Conroe is going, is, I'm very pleased with so. Mm-hmm. Well, and two, uh, Schakowsky said um, at the time that it was proposed that Gibson be appointed interim. He wasn't aware about the request, um, but he said, I think that would, it would have been a great way to honor Councilman Gibson for his 16 years of service. Mm-hmm like you were just talking about, while benefiting the city with an mm-hmm. interim mayor. However, the timing of the proposal was not idea. Emotions were mm-hmm. very high, mm-hmm. and the matter became politicized, mm-hmm. uh, became a bigger deal than it should have been. And he said, at this point, let's just do the election and move forward. And I will just add this about the elections. When I went out to early vote, I was surprised that the actual councilmen running and were out there with their little pickets yeah. vote for me. And, and then... Um, uh, Judge uh, Santini's mom was out there when Jim came out. And oh, really? Jim was on call, so he had his doctor scrubs on, and he said that she was like, oh, my son's an anesthesiologist. And the first thing he thought of was, your son's a judge and a doctor, but I think it must have been her other son. And um, I don't know if I told you this or not, but I went to a, um, a uh, the uh, I think it was the Woodlands Bar Association um, uh, a, a get-together. And mm-hmm. It was, you know, socially distanced and all that stuff. But I, I met... Um, uh, judge, and he'll be elected, he's the only one on the ballot for it, but I met Judge uh, uh, Santini. I was thinking I was going to meet him for the first time. I'd seen him on um, some, uh, I'd, I'd uh, interacted with some Zoom um, hearing, not hearings, but uh, Zoom uh, meetings, uh, like meetings city meetings. Where they were, you know, t- uh, it was uh, for the primaries. It was before oh, we'd uh-huh. actually had the primaries. And, and I really liked him. I thought everything he had to say was great. He was, he, I thought he's really good for that position. And that was the election where uh, uh, Eric Yolick was in it and, mm-hmm. you know, the golden hair and the whole thing. I mean, and, and we had Scott Goldman, who was on the ballot today. We had him. No, I thought he was here. Supreme Court, right? Uh, well, we voted for him today, but well, even I, the. I oh, that was, that was the Ninth Court of the Supreme Court Justice for the Ninth Court of Appeals. And I thought. He'd won, and I was thinking you were talking he, about in the race for the 457th um, judicial oh, position. Oh, right, right, right. And that's the one that had like five people that were running for the judgeship. Anyway, um, 
And I love, we love uh, Judge Justice Goldman. Yes. I mean, I'm, I'm just so happy that he won. Right. Um, uh, a good guy, really dedicated. But the, um, I didn't realize that I, I actually had a case against uh, uh, Judge Santini because he said, he was like, how are you doing? It's nice to see you again. And I'm like, uh, Who are do you? I know you? And he's like, yes, we had a case together. I'm like, have I lost my mind? <laughs> and uh, we did. We had probably the only JP court jury trial in the history of, of uh, Edie Connolly's court. Uh, it was a, a, a public intoxication case uh, where my very rich clients had come over to see the uh, Maroon 5 at the uh, Woodlands Pavilion and got arrested for public intoxication, which is unheard of. And it split the, the jury split the baby. They gave they, they exonerated the wife and convicted the husband. But he he remembered that. He was wow. all about it. And I thought, well, that's just great. So well, I felt good for him. Pretty, I mean, and he was he was pretty funny even as a prosecutor. He was a real new prosecutor at the time. But um, anyway, okay, so we're going to take a break mm-hmm. and we're going to talk about uh, when we come back uh, the these, uh, these curbside the voting ballot the County drive through. Uh, contest in the federal court and how that's going. Okay. All right. Well, we'll be right back after the break. Don't forget to download the Lone Star Community Radio app for your Google Play or Apple Store. Bring Montgomery County's Community Radio with you anywhere with your smartphone or tablet. If you are in the Conroe area, tune in on FM. That is Conroe's FM 104.5-106.1. Are you interested in learning more about preparing quick, healthy, and safe meals for your family? Would you like to spend time with others learning tips and tricks, along with practicing and tasting nutritious food? If so, the On the Road to Healthy Living Mobile Cooking School is for you. Call Amy Ressler at Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service at 936-539-7825 to find a class near you or volunteer to host a class. Hey guys, this is Connor. This is Dick. This is Chris. And we're with the Ticket Stub Podcast every Thursday live at noon on 104.5 and 106.1 FM in the Conroe area. Also, anytime at IRLoneStar.com. You go to IRLoneStar.com backslash TTS. You can find all of our social media. And don't forget, we give away two tickets to the Grand Theater on every show. If you like movies and you like complaining or celebrating anything that has to do with the silver screen, Check out the Ticket Stub podcast and join us every Thursday at noon o'clock on Lone Star Community Radio. Uh, welcome back to the Legal Connection with Tony and Cheryl. We're glad you're listening today. We're talking about voting. Today is voting day, and election. we want to encourage election day, <laughs> and we want to encourage all of you guys to get out and vote. You can't complain about the results if and you don't vote. The polls are open until seven. Polls are open until mm-hmm. seven. And you, you, Tony's talked about that, but you can look on our website and, and see where you need to go vote if you don't know. So, Tony, we're going to talk about this case that is uh, the U.S. was filed in the U.S. Southern District mm-hmm. in Houston, and it was against the curbside voting. They call it drive through, but I think curbside sort of makes more sense. The curbside voting. Well, it's not these curbside ballots. voting. Curbside voting is not allowed in Texas. Period. But the drive through is, and that's. What we're going to discuss, because um, the reason this case even came up is because nearly 127,000 Harris County drive through voters voted in these 10 drive through locations in Harris County. And um, 
the the case that was brought was that Republican plaintiffs, and you're going to talk about them in a minute, mm-hmm. um, asked that the drive-through voting be halted on today, on Election Day, um, but not did not immediately ask that the ballots that have already been cast be tossed out. They're just saying on Election Day they can't have it. Mm-hmm. And so they limited their scope of what they're asking for. And I believe after reading some of the law that we'll discuss today that they're right. I don't think that the drive-through voting on Election Day, because it's not a building in part, in part because a lot of the laws don't allow for that, there's certain restrictions to it, that they shouldn't be allowed to vote drive through but there's still at least one open. So what do you, what do you know about it? Well, so it's interesting that the plaintiff, um, we've got four plaintiffs here, I think, four. Stephen F. Hotze, mm-hmm. he's well-known. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, as a matter of fact, I was watching Fox News last night, and they were talking about the people who filed this suit. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And we know him also from where? Stephen Hotze? Well, from other suits he's filed. Well, working. contract tracing. We did our oh, show right. on. Contact he, he tracing. Su- he sued Governor Abbott mm-hmm. to uh, cancel the contract, that 300 uh, was it three hundred thousand dollar contract? Three hundred seventy-five million million. Okay, that seemed kind of low. Um, the contract to an unknown company to do contract tracing, and so these are the people that are trying to protect us, or they believe, and, and I believe too that they that are, are trying to make sure that our government follows the Constitution. That's right. Mm-hmm. So we've got Plaintiff Stephen Hotze, Plaintiff Wendy Wendell Champion, mm-hmm. Plaintiff Honorable Steve Toth, and Plaintiff Sharon Hemphill. They're all represented by Jared Riker Woodfill. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's out of Houston. Mm-hmm. And then the defendant was uh, Chris Hollins in his official capacity as and, H- Harris County that's Clerk. that's not all folks. There, no, it's How not. many other people are in this case? Uh, one, two, about Oh, good night, Tony. Good. So many, so many people. This case was filed on October twenty eighth. That was last week, and in federal court, and um, it has maybe 50 interveners and defendants so many um people uh are people so many attorneys filed pro hoc vc meaning they weren't even um uh eligible or it wasn't proper for them to practice law in the uh the southern district of texas because they've never they don't they're not members of that bar right and so they filed this uh this little uh it's a motion and they usually get approved pretty quick it's a motion for order for admission pro hoc vc and it, it's basically a form that can be filled out and within a day the judge was uh, granting all these and the um the pro hoc vc so these people could file their amicus briefs in in, in texas yeah whether it be for or against the plaintiff or the defendant they wanted to there get, are they were seven defendants mm-hmm. uh royer uh glenda lee green uh sean stevens i believe jamie lynn watson elizabeth hernandez for congress mm-hmm. and then there are you're right probably 40 intervener defendants and that's who you're speaking of the right ones but the who- yeah, interesting thing is is that um many of these interveners are have the same attorney they represent they them. do they so have that all, means that they were collecting people to represent underneath them almost like a class action right. and um we have a link on our website uh, our we're going not our website we're uh, in this show if you go to our show area, and, and we'll talk about that a little bit in a minute, uh, you can link to this actual case in the federal district courts. Um, if you look in it, you can, anybody, it's, it's open to the public, you can look at all of the um, the complaint that was filed, the amicus briefs that were filed, what their arguments were for and against, who's in it. It's, just, it's really, really interesting that people, I didn't know this before I became an attorney, that you can basically go straight to where these documents are filed, and it's pretty easy reading. It's not all legalese, mm-hmm. uh, and they make it pretty straightforward. This particular case ended up in Judge Hanan's court. There's a number of federal judges. They're appointed for life. But they're not elected officials, so they, mm-hmm. don't have a, they don't have a bias that elected officials normally would have. Mm-hmm. 
Um, this case was first brought, though, or the issue was brought before the uh, the Texas courts, the state courts, and um, it was rejected by the Texas Supreme Court. They were they allowed, in other words, they didn't not they didn't allow, they didn't disallow the drive-through voting, and um, and, and, and why why did they not disallow? Um, I haven't it? read all the state cases. I do know that in the the briefs that were filed in the federal case, they're like, look, the state of Texas already said we can have these, and this is a state law issue. Therefore, the federal court can't overrule it. But that's not necessarily the case. That's going to be that side arguing that that. A federalism type argument um there's also a federal uh there's federal rules in the constitution that allow for certain things to happen i will say this though uh we're going to go over this briefly um uh in the actual you know guts of the case but there's very specific laws in texas about their how you can vote um the method the location um it's because the right to vote is so critical mm-hmm. and that's what they're they're the complaint and what they're arguing about here well well ultimately the federal judge on monday this was just yesterday uh rejected a re- their request and this was from the conservative activist which is halts and then three republican candidates one of them being Toth, and i don't know if he's actually on the i think Toth is up for election right now isn't he not sure. Is that a candidate? I believe um, there was an issue about standing um, at first right. by this judge. He didn't think that the activist had standing to argue about where the the locations would be. And then, but because there were Republican candidates or actually people on the ballot, um, he went ahead and heard it. But that wasn't his only decision. He also was looking at um, at what their different arguments were. Um, the Republican, uh, the three Republic, the, the conservative activists, halts and the Republican candidates um, were they were not successful in, in, in preventing the drive through uh, votes. However, they they must have made some headway because um, defendant Chris Hollins, which is the Harris County clerk, clerk. In, in charge of that, um, closed down nine of the drive through um election uh centers and only one remains open for today though right for today Just for, for election today. day and that was because um and and judge um hanan uh, and I don't remember if I read this in the comments or what, because the transcripts are just coming out. It was just yesterday afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he said that he believed that because the election code, and I'm paraphrasing here, so I don't have it in front of me, but because the election code had specific requirements that the drive-through voting, because it wasn't in a building, may not be constitutional, and those votes may get tossed. And so I think that's why um, uh, the county clerk, Holland's closed down all but the NRG Center and and suggested that people, although they may want to vote through the drive through because of COVID and what have you, that um, <coughs> that to secure their vote be counted, that they may want to uh, vote in person or use their other alternatives. Um, anyway, the ruling by U.S. District Judge Andrew Hainan, who is a George Bush appointee, um, follows two earlier decisions by the all Republican, all Republican Texas Supreme Court rejecting their the efforts of this, you know, halts and, and taught them what have you, um, from challenging the validity of the drive-through voting in Harris County. Um, Hainan's ruling appears to clear the way for counting the early voting drive-through ballots um, on election day. But that kind of contradicts what we're reading sort of in the dicta. Now, I will say this. Um, they auto, they already appealed uh, to the Fifth Circuit. They, the hearing that they had yesterday had all these protesters in front of the federal building. Right. And I was just at the federal building last Thursday. I wasn't even keeping up with this. Mm-hmm. And because um, they're open. They're not like a lot of the Harris County courts where it's optional. If your judge tells you to be there, you're there. Mm-hmm. And uh, for some reason, only some of the reporters got in. Mm-hmm. And then they didn't let them zoom in. They cut them off. And I think it's because it was such 
uh, there was such a high um, a high number of people Turnout. trying to get in that they couldn't uh, accommodate them online and in person. And so mm-hmm. some got in. Uh, the transcripts have already been ordered, but we already know what was said. Um, the uh, It says, in its ruling from the bench, uh, a Judge Hanen said that he rejected the case on narrow grounds because the plaintiffs did not show that they would be harmed if the drive-through ballots were counted. And I read a bunch of the amicus briefs, and they said that they were being filed by Republicans, which is sort of surprising because a lot of Republicans were were the one. The Republicans are the one. Uh, the the plaintiffs are Republican, right? Um, and one of the plaintiffs is our um, state representative uh, Stephen Toth. Toth, and who I love. And you were going to tell us a little bit about some of the things that he's uh, done for us in mm-hmm. the the time that he's been. He, he uh, represents us, and I mean, he is a, a a Conroe resident that is really making some noise in a good way. I think, mm-hmm. uh, for good or for bad, I really like the things he's done. So, what are some of the things that he's done? Well, he's a member of the Texas House of Representatives from the 15th district. He's an incumbent. He assumed office in 2019, January. He was preceded by mm-hmm. Koch. Mm-hmm. Remember that <clears throat> he won the election in 2012. Uh, to the State House District 15. Mm-hmm. Okay, he has authored a lot of bills that have, you know, as conservatives, we like. He mm-hmm. authored the Firearms Protection Act. Love Rest- that. We talked about that on one of our shows. Right. Mm-hmm. And it restricted federal control and regulations of firearms, which made it a Class A misdemeanor to interfere with the Texas second Texans' mm-hmm. Second Amendment right. Mm-hmm. It also protected Texas state and local law enforcement officers from violating the U.S. Constitution mm-hmm. and prevented the federal government from targeting certain firearms and accessories with restrictions. That's good. Mm-hmm. On January 11th, 2019, he filed House Bill 792, Senate Bill 345, <laughs> uh, with the 86th legislature and entitled it the Jones Forest Preservation Act. Love this is this act. what you were just talking yes. about. The Jones Forest Act protects the 1,722 acre William Goodrich Jones State Forest from development. And that's the, that's the uh, state forest that's off 1488, right, right as you exit 45. And uh, we need that forest. I'm so well, happy. Texas A&M, my understanding is that Texas A&M wanted some of that land to build a campus or... Well, Texas A&M does... They are a controlling um, entity that... That uh, over, I mean, it's it's called the Texas A&M W.G. Jones Forest. Right. And so they... Their, their agricultural group keeps up with it, making sure it's got the right burn ban. And well, they wanted to mm-hmm. develop a campus on that land, and it would have been a beautiful campus, but Which, it would have taken sit, the forest it's away. It's close to the woodlands. Right. In January of 2019, again, he was appointed to the House Appropriations Committee by Texas House Speaker Dennis Bonin. On January 25th, Toth, along with Will Metcalf and Cecil Bell, filed House Bill 1042, which would require Texas schools and law enforcement agencies to establish active shooter response plans and law enforcement Mm -hmm. agencies to conduct annual drills while requiring law enforcement to immediately contain or eliminate a threat. That's a great bill. And I will add that you can actually look at the the text of these bills. If you go to the Secretary of State, you can actually toggle open the, the bills themselves. Uh, in February 2019, Toth co-authored Texas House Bill 1500, which would ban abortions after the detection of an unborn child's heartbeat. Mm-hmm. He also co-authored Texas Bill 896, which would prohibit abortion. Uh, in March of 2019, he became the co-sponsor of SB Senate Bill 22, which prohibits government entities from 
from providing taxpayer-funded resources, including cash, goods, services, or anything of value to Planned Parenthood. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. It is interesting. Um, He also uh, sponsored, filed the J.D. Lambright Local Government Ethics Reform. Love this reform. Which Mm -hmm. requires cities, counties, and other political subdivisions statewide to post contracts they have with taxpayers funded by lobbyists Mm -hmm. and to post how much they are paying the lobbyists. Very important. Mm -hmm. Very important. Which we had on COVID. Yeah. That contract tasting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In March of 2019, he mm-hmm. introduced a House bill, the school lunch bill, clarified that each parent, including a non-custodial parent in a divorce, can visit their children during school lunch and school activities, regardless of a possession schedule. That's great. That's the way it should be, though. That I mean, why be. do we even need a law for that? That's ridiculous. I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of times uh, schools won't even let parents right, come. Right. When you're having so, a conflict, they won't let you in. And that's really very difficult for the parent that doesn't have custody and if they're going through a traumatic time in family court because you can't see your kid it's awful Mm -hmm. and you were just talking about this in august of 2020 this year just a few months ago toth along with fellow state representatives mike lang kyle biederman bill zedler and state senator bob hall sued texas governor greg abbott for over 295 million dollar covid19 contact Mm -hmm. tracing we've talked about that on this show a lot right right so he's done a lot of stuff and now he is one of the plaintiffs to try to prevent improper um, uh, voting, uh, the drive-through voting, because it really, uh, truly, it's not constitutional. From what I can read, there there are some exceptions to the rule, but uh, just my, uh, you know, I'm the peanut gallery, you know, having done an in-depth research on this particular law. Right. It does appear that um, our the state election code has very specific uh, uh, criteria to for voting and drive-through voting. Uh, what they have done, what Harris County established, is doesn't follow it. And so I do believe ultimately that a lot of those votes are at risk because they didn't follow the state code. Uh, they filed in the, the, the federal government, um, uh, which you can do if you've got a federal issue, and they did here, um, uh, using the federal government code. Everyone has the right to vote, but you have to have uh, certain uh, checkpoints. And so that's what this, this uh, to make sure that you don't have fraud. And well, you know, Tony, let's just talk about that for a second. I, I'm sure our, our listeners understand, but so what is the big deal about, you know, drive-by voting? I mean, with COVID in mind, but not even addressing COVID, mm-hmm. why, why would we be opposed to that? Um, because the, for one thing, the big question, if that was what the, why the judge said he, they didn't prove injury. The big thing is that you can, it's not constitutional. You have to follow the law. There's no law. There's no COVID rule that said, uh, the governor didn't pass a, an order saying, I'm going to mandate that you can have drive-through voting. There was no rule allowing them to do this. They just did this. Mm-hmm. They just, uh, it was like an elected official saying, I'm going to take this and I'm going to run with it. If nobody argues with me, I can I'll do it. And I think it's it. best for Harris County. I'm not saying it was bad. I'm just saying you have to follow the rules and he didn't follow the but, rules. But the reason that we have the rules in place is mm-hmm. to ensure that there's no fraud, right? Right, right? And if they're just zipping through these lines and handing them this stuff or voting, you know, it, it's just, it's not proper protocol, and there could be multiple votes cast by one person, uh, votes cast by dead people. I mean, isn't that what the problem is? Um, well, I think this article kind of hits on a lot of this. It says he ruled on um, larger sketch, but let me just say this real quick, that the um, 
the ruling from the bench is that they didn't prove any harm. Mm-hmm. This is the same question you have right here. Mm-hmm. Um, the Republican plaintiffs, uh, Senator Toth, uh, uh, Representative Toth, and, and Hotsey, Stephen Hotsey, and the other two uh, people, and then you know all the other people that joined in, uh, the interveners. The Republican plaintiffs appealed the decision late Monday to the U.S. Fifth Circuit after this ruling came late in the afternoon, asking the appellate court to disallow the drive-through voting on Election Day in Harris County, just on Election Day, um, just hours before it was set to begin. But they did not immediately raised the issue of tossing the already cast votes. So they were trying to limit it so that they couldn't have the election centers, op- the drive-through uh, centers open on election day, which I believe um, Chris Hollins was actually uh, sort of saying by his actions, acquiescing to by closing down all but one, and then suggesting that everybody use a different method so their votes would actually be counted. Um, within hours, a three-judge appellate panel denied the appeal. So the Fifth Circuit already denied it, but that didn't stop the appeal because they have, uh, you, you, you can appeal all, you know, just like we were saying in other cases, you have different levels of appeals. Mm-hmm. The, the panel's ruling meant drive-through voting could exist on Election Day, but Hollins on Monday night um, had already announced the closure of all but one drive-through voting location. So he's not feeling real comfortable about it, and he's got legal counsel through Harris County. 10% of Harris County's in-person early voters cast their, val- their votes um, in the county's 10 drive-through locations. That's pretty high. Mm-hmm. Um, dismissing the votes would have been a monumental disenfranchisement of voters in a presidential election besieged with fights over voter suppression and fraud. Um, if he had ruled on the larger issues in the case, Hanen said he would have rejected the request to toss out votes already cast. But Hanen said that he would have shut down Harris County's drive-through polling places for Election Day because the tents being used for the site's don't qualify as voting inside a, quote, building, a requirement under the state election law. Right. And in federal court, you have to follow state law on state issues. Mm-hmm. And I'm reading this from the Texas Tribune the, mm-hmm. uh, that came out yesterday. It was an mm-hmm. article. Mm-hmm. Um, he goes on to say that if we were voting tomorrow, I would not vote. And this is uh, Chris Hollins, uh, the, the district clerk, saying this. If I were voting tomorrow, I would not vote in a drive through just out of my concern um, as to whether that's illegal or not. I'm going to order the county to maintain all the drive-through voting records just in case the Fifth Circuit disagrees. Um, shortly after the plaintiff's father appeal, Harris County Clerk Chris Holland said he would close nine of the ten drive-through locations, like we just said. The Toyota Center is the only place in the um, that only polling location that will allow drive-through voting. I thought it was the NRG Center. Uh, so um, I, I said But it's wrong. the Toyota, Toyota Center. Toyota Center is downtown. Okay. My job is to protect that the right to vote for all Harris County voters, and that includes those who are going to vote on Election Day. I cannot, in good faith, encourage voters to cast votes in tents if that puts their votes at risk. Yeah. Um, a lot of the amicus briefs were all, the first thing they argued was COVID. How can you take away a, an old person who's subject to the risk of a health issue, um, not allow them to vote when you already told them they can vote this way? Well, um, I mean, that's a problem. Yeah. I said, this is what Steve Sosa to say. The latest challenge to drive through voting was brought to the Houston federal court in the last minute filing last week by uh, Stephen Holtz, as well as Re- Republican uh, Re- Representative Steve Toth, uh, congressional candidate Wendell Champion and judicial candidate Sharon Hemphill. So there was mm-hmm. two judicial candidates. Um, uh, Whitfield was the attorney for the GOP, uh, uh, an attorney and former Harris County uh, Republican chair, is representing the plaintiffs. He's among, who? Um, Jared Whitfield. Oh, right, He's the right. same one that represented them on the COVID um, case that they filed against uh, Governor mm. Abbott. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It says that. Uh, 
uh, Houston Democrats have launched a robust effort to make voting as easy as possible, tripling the number of early and election polling locations and increasing the county's election budget from $4 million in 2016 to $33 million this fall. Oh, goodness. Um, they reject the Republicans' claims that making voting easier carries inherent risk of widespread voter fraud, which is their biggest argument, mm-hmm. widespread voter fraud. Republican leaders and advocates have furiously worked the levers of power, churning out lawsuits, unsubstantiated specters of voter fraud. Well, of course, this is, I don't know how they would say unsubstantiated because they're, they're bringing up you know, legitimate facts, and official state orders in their bid to limit voters' options during the pandemic. The pandemic is what's making this even remotely uh, 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 arguable. Right? Right. Because they sh- otherwise they would be completely, um, it, you would not have an option to have a drive-through. Um it says that this is important. Curbside voting, long available under Texas election law, requires voters at, and I don't think curbside voting was, I may stand corrected here. Um, curbside voting, long, side, long available under Texas election law, requires voters at every polling place to deliver on-site curbside ballots to voters who are physically unable to enter the polling place without personal assistance or likelihood of in- of the injuring the voter's health. So you'd have to have a physical uh, problem. So if you, you're you a disabled individual, you can pull up and they can bring you the voting ballot out right, to your car. Right. And But the plaintiffs are arguing that the drive-through program expanded voting beyond what the Texas legislature had allowed using the pandemic as an excuse. And um, I will say this, that the um, that the Representative Toth had argued, and I read in some of the briefs, that this is something that should go to the legislature. This is not something that should be mandated under the judicial branch right. um, or just brought up in, you know, in, as an excuse during the pandemic uh, because of voter fraud. So. Okay. All right. Well, I think this has been a great show. We want to encourage you guys to get out and vote. Right, Tony? Yes. Come on, guys. Go vote. You can do it. And we also want to remind you... To serve God by serving others. All right. Have a great week, guys. Today's show was recorded and broadcasted live on IRLoneStar.com, Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and all rights and ownership are reserved to Lone Star Community Radio. For more information regarding this program and Lone Star Community Radio, visit us online at IRLoneStar.com. Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's community radio station, serving the community with local programming on TV, radio, and online. If you enjoy today's program, please support us by sponsorship or starting your own show. Contact us today by phone or text at 936-666-1084 or email the station at lscrstudios at gmail.com.